Welcome to the Grounded Catholic Podcast of Catholic Who's at the University of Virginia. I am Father Joseph Anthony Cress, and on today's episode, Corinne and I begin to talk about uh, the effects of this pandemic lockdown and how it's uh, affecting our lives and how it gives us the opportunity to kind of approach things that are familiar to us, but approach them with new eyes and a new perspective. That includes this upcoming Holy Week this year. So we begin to talk a little bit about how we are uh, entering into the holiest of weeks for our church, but to do so in a new way. It is kind of a long episode today, so stick with us and enjoy. All right, so we're, we're gearing up for Holy Week. Um, probably, I, I want to make a bold claim here. Um, the most unique Holy Week I've ever experienced in my life. This Holy Week. This upcoming Holy Week. But you've ne- you haven't experienced it yet. Yeah, I'm like Nostradamus up in here. I'm just like <laughs> predicting the future. I can read the tea leaves. It's going to be the, the most unique one that I've ever had. Really? You would say that it's even more unique than your first Holy Week as an ordained priest? Absolutely. Whoa. And that was beautiful. Like, I, that was a really uh, powerful, important Holy Week. Um, actually, yeah, my first Holy Week was here, now that I think of it. Wait, really? Yeah. At St. Thomas? Because I was ordained in May of 2016, and then I moved into Charlottesville in February of 17. Wait, so my first year here was your first... You weren't here for Easter that year. Oh, that's right. I came in the summer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you missed it. I did. Yeah, I had a great homily for Holy Thursday that year. <laughs> but th- that's beside the point. <laughs> I was going to say, you want to give some highlights? <laughs> no, I had a pretty great a pretty great Holy Week down it in Newport News. Mm-hmm. The parties. And the resurrection parties and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, we we got really hung up on the um, that one. There's a line, and <laughs> I think like the opening blessing over like the Easter fire for the vigil. Light them up. That line. <laughs> that one exactly. That's so <laughs> weird. Dear you Heavenly Father, no. light them up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's something like you know. Lord, help us to enter into these festivities of an ending splendor. And I turned to the students, and then our eyes got real big. And we're like, yes, that's what we want. <laughs> so we would stay up all night um, after the vigil. Well, we would go to, like, the, the giant Easter party that the parish would throw in the parish hall. And there would be a chocolate fountain and a champagne fountain. And the Hispanic community would come together and so make the fountains. best food um it was so joyful and then we go back to somebody's usually it was my house and we would stay up all night watching return of the king Mm, and then we would go and watch the sunrise over the ocean um at virginia beach in the morning it was it was great that's awesome yeah that's that's how you celebrate the resurrection yeah christ (laughs) busting the chains of death and giving us freedom yeah that's how you do it with no sleep and an absurd amount of chocolate and Mm. Krispy Kreme donuts that's 
That's the resurrection right that there. That is. I would say the A word, roll but I can't right now. Roll away the stone, <laughs> but roll in the Krispy Kremes, okay? <laughs> okay, I do feel like we're getting a little too joyful for oh, the topic true. that... Um, we're still in Lent, and it's like we're recording this on a Friday in Lent, so we I should know. be a little more penitential about this, right? Yeah. Oh, downer. Let's go put on our sackcloth and, and roll ashes. around in some ashes. Mm. <laughs> I'm oh, just gosh. still laughing. <laughs> okay All right. well but yeah so we're not really going to have that opportunity this year are we the you know the ability Krispy to Kreme's have still open i don't know what you're gonna be doing essential services Krispy cream <laughs> <laughs> for the win um yes. but is this i mean it's going to be a different holy week um we yeah. have to admit that like this is not going to this is not not your grandmother's holy week that we're entering into right now okay <laughs> uh Unless your grandmother went through the Spanish flu. I don't know. Uh, so this is something different. And for, I think, a, a lot of us, like, our initial response is to think about the good times past. Like, our favorite moments from Holy Week and our Easter parties and those really beautiful things that meant so much. Um, and kind of mourn that loss. Yeah. Right? Well, there's so much beauty that takes place inside of the church. Um, and this is for a lot of Catholics, this is probably one of the biggest, um, like the, the most that they've been in a church. I mean, like there are liturgies every day, um, Holy Thursday, unless you, you start on Wednesday with Tenebrae. That's Wednesday, right? Yeah. Wednesday night. Is there, is there a name for that Wednesday of Holy Week? Spy Wednesday. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. so cool. When Judas got paid the money to betray the Lord. <laughs> happened on Wednesday. That's why it's the worst day of the week. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, Wednesday, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, do the vigil, you know, longest liturgy of your life. Um, so <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> you say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> no, it's great, but I probably doze off at least twice. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm around <laughs> three times. Good to know. <laughs> You're not the only one. Um, but I like I love doing the um, the vigil on Thursday, like keeping vigil in the garden with our Lord before they repose in. Um, That's one of my favorite things here is um, here in Charlottesville. We have a, a garden um, kind of a, a courtyard. courtyard. Yeah, courtyard. Um, and we take the Blessed Sacrament, put it in the middle of the courtyard and have adoration until midnight um in outdoors like under a tent but like you're outdoors you feel the breeze running through you hear the birds chirping um it it really feels like you've entered into the garden Mm -hmm. with the lord that's one of my favorite moments um yeah i love that we do it outside even when it's bitterly cold (laughs) and it keeps you awake that's yeah very very true no it's i i love that and usually i mean that's what like three hours Mostly, yeah, nine to midnight is, yeah. is mostly the deal. Yeah, so that's <clears throat> that's crazy that we're entering into the most important week of the church calendar, and we're not going to be able to come inside a church, like to step foot yeah. into the presence of our Lord in like that physical, tangible way. I was talking to um, another priest friend of mine, and he was like, yeah, it's so weird because without this week, we don't have a church. Like, hmm. 
without these Paschal mysteries, without this week in the Lord's life, like we don't have a church. And yet we're entering into this, you know, without entering into the churches, you know, for many of us, we're unable to enter into the church's liturgical life and into the church buildings and to have that grounding. And it's a really hard um, thing to try to reconcile that right now, mm. you know. Um, but there, there's, it's not that it's impossible, right? Right. I mean, it's just we're going to have to make adjustments. We're going to have to, um, you know, change our tactics a little bit and figure out how to do this um, in ways that we haven't before or just you know maybe that we um aren't are not used to doing in the past yeah i think that there we have a really unique gift this year for the triduum to become new for us for holy week to be made new um but what we're experiencing right now like there was a, a retreat that i went on when i left focus and it was all about like how to transition from one um, stage of life to another Um, so leaving missionary life it was amazing but one of the talks that they gave which is probably one of the best gifts I've ever received in terms of a retreat was this talk and it was all about the psychology of change and how okay yeah and how the any change that you go through it could be the best change in the world like going from you know being like single to getting married or having your first child or moving um to like a new a new town getting a new job like your dream job the first thing that you experience even in the midst of beautiful changes is the loss of what was familiar um and i think that that is where we're still at with the whole corona yeah was this the first time we've said that word? No, I think we said it on. I mean, like in this podcast. Oh, in this right podcast, now. yeah. Yes. Corona. That's wow. What are we like? Fifteen minutes, ten minutes in. Wow, I'm so proud of us. I know. Um, <laughs> but right now, with all of these changes that have been taking place in our daily life, I think what a lot of us are experiencing is the loss of what was familiar in life. And with the Triduum, with Holy Week, with our faith, we're experiencing the loss of what was familiar to us. So some, for some of us, it might be stepping foot in the Adoration Chapel on a daily basis or attending daily Mass or, you know, maybe Sunday Mass, maybe um, popping in. Um, for confession like all of these things that were so readily available to us are no longer and like the relationships and the friendships and community that we had within the parish has shifted as well yeah I mean those are the that that first experience of actually kind of recognizing but mourning the loss of that like there was good there that we were very comfortable with and when when there's a good that you're comfortable with it becomes kind of a, a pillar of your life right you know and a, a, a good pillar that you can build upon um and that you can be confident in and once that kind of gets taken away like it doesn't um y- it's it's good and it's appropriate to kind of mourn that loss right it doesn't it doesn't mean that um there's no there's no good 
right now that we're, you know, I think there's still so much good. And that's, I know what we wanted to talk about today is it's easy to focus on life is so different. Everything is hard, you know everything is still getting harder. Yeah. Um, everything is still shifting. We're still climbing this mountain and things continually evolve and change, right. you know, weekly, if not daily now. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. Like we're, we're looking at this and we're like, we don't really know what else is going to change. It seems like everything has changed, but there's mm-hmm. still more. Yes. There is something comforting in the fact that we're all we're all in this together. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so now we're yeah, twelve minutes in with the first high school musical uh, reference. Yeah. Uh. Wow. <laughs> Took that long. Um. Should have been longer. <laughs> I'm glad you got it though. Glad, yeah. I'm very proud. Um. But no, that's what that's I know a huge part of what we wanted <laughs> to talk about is instead of focusing on the difficulties and what. Um, what we're struggling with and kind of the negative aspects of this because uh, so many people are doing that Um, let's focus not just on the positives that still remain in Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. because obviously there's so many um, and nothing like this is not going to get in the way of Jesus being present in his church and being present in our life and the relationships and friendships that we have but I think it would be really fascinating to be able to talk about like what are the positives in this, like in this situation. It's not like there's still positives in the midst of the difficulties of this pandemic, but like what what are some of the positives that we can see almost because of the pandemic? Yeah, I there it's because of the changes. In the in our lives that mm-hmm. have happened because of the pandemic, not because of the pandemic. Just clarifying, right? The effects of the pandemic, yes, on our because it's it's forced itself into everybody's life. Yes, you know whether, um, you know we're starting to get more and more. I, I'm finding more and more people that I know are now one step removed from somebody who has, um, you know, the disease, or I know people directly who, uh have been in- infected and are, are going sh- and struggling through this illness. But um, the effects are uh, applicable to everybody, you know? And so we're looking at this and saying, okay, not just, it's a different, I, I, I think it's a different thing to, um, than, uh, it's, a, it's a different thing to, <laughs> sorry, I, I'm laughing right now because Corinne's uh, headphones are keep slipping off her head and it's, <laughs> Hilarious into the wall, so right every now. time I lean forward, <laughs> my it's head like you're just tethered jerks to the back. wall. <laughs> it's oh, like that man. scene in um, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Do you know that? Have you seen it's, that? Movie? I've seen that, but it's been a long time. It's when she's like working and yeah, great description, <laughs> <laughs> wonderfully Sorry, done right there. Anyway, all right, um, but. Yeah, the effects of this pandemic, um, it, it reaches everybody and it hits everybody. And I think part of that is it has forced us to simplify our lives. And it's stripped away a lot, um, allowing us to then kind of uh, ask the big questions, you know, like what what is important to me? What is, where is my stability? Where where do I uh, find my identity? Where, where are my passions in, in a lot of sense? Um, but... It also has created and then 
myself included, created new opportunities for it. And like that to me is a really exciting part about this. And it's not just like a silver lining for me where I'm like trying to find the good in something, but like it's a true good to now um, step back and see like, no, there are new opportunities for me that I didn't have before this. Right. I mean, we even talked about like seeing the way that all of our students have stepped up to form community and to continue praying. And you and I were talking, like looking for me, like, why have we not done this every summer? Because this is kind of what it feels like right now. Is we're School's on out break. for the summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> um, but it took it took this to kind of show us how connected we could still be while not being together in person. Which obviously being together in person is the ideal. And that is what we want to strive for. But um, I, I love seeing like the common room Zoom, the oh daily man, rosary. Yeah. Um, has it forced us to use technology to truly be connected to each other? I think so. <laughs> Instead of just like, um, yeah, this, this false ideal of connection where you like just follow people and stalk them and feel like, you know, everything about them. Right. But now we're actually using it to facilitate connections and Right. Well, we no longer have those daily personal encounters that in a weird way almost supplement our social media screen time of like scrolling through Facebook and Instagram and keeping up with people. And then when we want a face to face interaction, we'll hang out with our friends or we'll study together. We'll meet for coffee or a meal. And now we don't have those. So now it's showing us like just how how much i think we use social media i think it's forcing us to intentionally use um digital communication now Mm -hmm. it's not as mindless or accidental as it used to be right you know and and don't get me wrong i know there's a lot of people that are just wasting hours trolling you know twitter you know netflix or whatever that is because trolling netflix (laughs) Can you explain that to me? No, no, I can't. Um, there's, there's nothing I can do to Netflix save that. Trolls. <laughs> oh yes, which maybe Trolls Two is on Netflix now or Three. I don't know how many troll <laughs> movies there are. Um, when I don't know, but um, I found that like I myself, I'm using um, digital means of communication extremely atten- intentionally now. What's your favorite platform? I'm texting. Hmm. I'm I'm texting a lot of people every day. I'm just like, hey, I'm checking in. How's everything? How can I pray for you? But like having that kind of intentionality. So it's like if I'm thinking of somebody in my life, I'm now going to reach out to them because I know they're not doing anything. <laughs> I know that like I'm not a burden. I'm not like interrupting their life. True. And just like kind of getting in that habit. Now doing that for two weeks is like, I actually hope that's a habit that I can cultivate on the long term for me. Right. Is that like, okay, if somebody random pops up into my mind, then why not reach out to them? And it's been, I had somebody reach out to me yesterday um, that is somebody I've collaborated with, worked with in, um, in different events and whatnot. And they called and I thought like, okay, we're probably going to be starting to talk about an event in the fall and we, you know, just want to 
touch base and kind of get the ball moving and, and something like that. She didn't. All she wanted to do was say, like, hey, how are you doing? I was thinking about you and praying for you. Like, how's things? Wow. And it, like, totally took me off guard because it moved from, like, the relationship started because we've worked together, basically a relationship of utility, hmm. you know? But, like, you can intentionally breach that gap and say, no, like, yeah, we still collaborate and we still work together, but, like, I still care about you as a person too and so to like very intentionally use that shatters your um how you interact with that person and i think the same thing is like if we start to use our digital means of communication very intentionally now because we don't have any other fallback plan right we can't just like hope that oh i'll ask this person when i see them later and then you see them like i forget what i was going to talk to you about you know um there is no fallback plan we have to intentionally reach out to these people. We can't just accidentally run across somebody um, walking to class or see them in the chapel or anything like that. Like we have to, when we think about them, reach out to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I've been using Marco Polo a Mm -hmm. lot, Mm -hmm. which I think I I told you, but I'm um, in kind of actually towards the end of a six month social media detox. Yeah. Um, which I, I mainly those platforms where it's like a news feed where you're just kind of you can scroll and get lost. Infinity scrolls. Yeah. yeah. So never had a Twitter, but Facebook Good and Instagram. Move. I know. Great <laughs> Don't move. ever want to jump it's on that the, bandwagon. Yeah. Um, but like Facebook and uh, Instagram were gone. But using and I think I deleted Snapchat, too. Although <gasps> you had a Snapchat. Oh, heck yeah. I've had that thing for a long time. Um, (laughs) Ironically, most, like, the people I use it with the most are my family. (laughs) Um, But now I've been using Marco Polo, which I I don't know if I would classify that as, like, a social media platform because it's more just, like, a video voicemail that you're leaving for somebody instead of a feed that you're just... Or a post that just goes out to all of your... it's not public. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Which has been excellent. But even one of my friends that I use it with the most, um, we were... We actually got to to FaceTime um, or Zoom call earlier this week. And we're talking about like, wow, even as much as we love using Marco Polo, it still does not take the place of an actual like direct phone call or Mm -hmm. video chat um which it was crazy to see like even using marco polo like sending people messages i need to prioritize actually talking to people like in the moment Um, those things can help and supplement and support but they definitely don't replace exactly but isn't it so funny how easy it is for us to use them to replace things like what is it about them and about us that we we don't like being whether it's being put on the spot or having to deal with things in the moment i think it's a control issue Ooh, oh yeah i see that because i get to control the messaging the content the content i get to control when i watch it Ooh. So, like, this is why, you know, you get those little red bubbles on every icon on your phone. And it's like, how many messages do you have? It's like 15, 20, 
you know like i i've seen the notification i know what the the thing the what the person texted me i know what the answer is but i just don't want to deal with it right now Hmm. like it's on my terms yeah like even with marco polo like it's video voicemail yeah i'll watch it when i want to watch it right I'll and if you don't it. like what you recorded, you can go back and delete it and re-record. I'm in yeah. control. But when you are face-to-face with somebody or FaceTime fit to FaceTime with somebody, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you can't hide the awkwardness. You can't hide it. And you don't. Just like this recording. <laughs> oh, I'm so Oh, I can edit this. I can, edit. <laughs> I can edit this sucker down. Um, but yeah, you, you don't actually have the opportunity to edit. Mm-hmm. you know you you um <laughs> you have to kind of backtrack sometimes when you say stupid things and you know put your foot in your mouth or whatever it is you have to explain yourself mm-hmm. um and the other aspect is like you have to be able to dare i say listen hmm. i yeah. mean that's that's something that we're not used to doing well we have to give our attention to something for longer than 15 minutes and (laughs) show the person that we are paying attention yeah no i think i think that's a really um spot on read on this it's a control thing which i think is why so many people are very uncomfortable right now because there's so much that we can't control Mm. but honestly i think going back to like the good the good effects of this I would say that lack of control is I, I'm fascinated to see what the effects of all of this are going to be months, even years from now, how this is going to affect our ability um, to relate to one another, our ability to enter into the present moment. Um, I was telling you earlier, that our ability even to just like be okay with not producing things. Oh my gosh right yeah i mean it's like we need to work we need to work oh yeah that was in the garden that's that's the lord made it part of the original plan for humanity that we worked like there's such need to be diligent in what he's entrusted to us right we have to work and like that's not a surprise exactly so that's you know it in many like it is a tragedy so many people are out of work it's a very yeah no that's a huge thing is it's a tragedy that people have lost their jobs lost this ability um to to be human like there there's an aspect in the dignity to the work that we do because we as humans can do that right right we don't want to be just come we we don't want to become these um like puddles you know i i puddles yeah can you can you explain well the the image i I tend to use which was where i was going i was trying to act like i didn't just say puddles and i was trying to jump (laughs) it and like act like it didn't happen but yet you just picked up on it and destroyed that i'm sorry (laughs) the other image i was moving towards was um when you hear people say it's like oh i'm so like you know i've worked hard all day or i'm exhausted i just want to go veg out and watch a bunch of netflix it was like no 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 like you want to become a vegetable like you just skip the entire animal kingdom there like i don't want you to become a vegetable and just like binge watch netflix all day and do nothing like i want you to be a human mm. and there's there's a beauty in that human dignity uh, when we can work 
and use our intellect and our will and the Imago Dei that we have to glorify him and to better the lives of our brothers and sisters in this life, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's a beautiful thing to do. Um, But we can't get lost in that at the same time. Well, that's not where our identity is. That's not where the deepest part of our dignity lies. And, I mean, yeah, there, there have been a lot of things that have shaken my... Um, ability to rely fully on God and to rest in him. And usually it's the, the plans that I have for myself and the things that I want to do with my life when they get taken out from under me, it really shows me how much I have put my worth in those things. And when they're no longer there, I don't know who I am. Like there it's, yeah, it's a, I really it can it can take you to a dark place so i mean i think a lot of people are going through that right now I you know agree. like you said a lot of people are losing their jobs i mean highest unemployment we're, we're seeing this spike all over the place but also for our students right you know they've lost their the clubs that they've been presidents for they've lost their um you know the productions that they've been working all year to be a part of and they've lost those things that they are passionate about um, to do that. So like, how do you navigate that loss of something that you have put so much time, energy and yourself into sacrifice? You made sacrifices for that. Right. You know, once that gets ripped from you outside of your control, you know, how, how do you navigate those waters to realize that like, okay, um, this isn't completely who I am. Right. That's where I think you got to go back to basics. You got to go back to, um, I think a great place to start is even just in your family. Like who, where did you come from? Like who is your family? And we are being forced to spend a lot of time with them. Some would say too much time. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was like, can I socially distance myself from my family? <laughs> After two weeks where everyone was home, there were seven of us in one house. It was a little much. Um, but I think our family reveals a lot of who we are. Um, mm-hmm. and our family knows us sometimes, unfortunately seems to know us better than we know ourselves, or they can point out those little flaws that you're like, no, I'm mature. I'm an adult now. I'm like, well, <laughs> use a different tone of voice and maybe we'll believe you. Like there's so many They're times like, you're the same kid that used to shove Skittles up your nose. <laughs> like, w- <laughs> did you do that? No, no. <laughs> I could picture that. How long ago was the last? <laughs> oh man, I never did that. Sure. There were other. You were M and M's, right? Who did? <laughs> but um, yeah, I think our family reveals a lot of who we are and can point to us like the good and the bad, unfortunately, but can speak to the good. Like these are those things that you used to love. These are those. Um, qualities that you have that have been there from the very beginning that kind of show us, you know, it's not like we've always been able to write an amazing paper, take, you know, like those, those talents that people notice now, like, especially when you get into college, like, oh, you're really good at this thing. Probably those aren't things that our family would say like, oh yeah, you've always been able to do that from like a very young age, but spending time with our family and asking them like, 
what are those things? What, what do you see about me? What are those things that I love? Because oftentimes we let them go. We try and kind of recreate ourselves in college a little bit, but it's, it's, it's like a superhero origin story. Oh, <laughs> you know, like you got to get back to your origins. Yeah. You know, and for a lot of students, like you're back home in your bedroom again, you know, where mm-hmm. you, from your middle school bedroom through high school or whatever. But like, I know for me, I had probably the same posters up in my room, um, from middle school and high school all the way until this past year when my parents moved out of our childhood home you know really? yeah and like it was it was kind of weird Is but there like any evidence of this no maybe i don't know don't worry about it we'll talk about that later cool. uh but there there's something that that's beautiful like every time I, i'd go back home and i could still think about it like it was like getting back to my roots mm-hmm. reminding myself of like yeah the things i, I was passionate about the things that like gave me joy in life in childhood innocence. Like that's not a bad thing to remind yourself of. Right. And it's so funny spending time with your family, man, (laughs) there is like, I went to college, you know, I went to a small Catholic school and so I'm like, you know, really growing in my faith in college and so excited. Like I'm a great person and come home and, immediately my family just sets me off and I'm like, who am I anymore? You know, here I am thinking, even when I was like a focused missionary, like, man, I'm sharing the gospel. Like I've got that virtue, like on lockdown, like I am so great. And then I come home and here I am like losing my ish with my siblings, with my parents, just like, I thought I outgrew that. Apparently not. Um, it really showed me that family is very much the school of virtue. Like if I can't act kindly towards my family, then everything else that I do with other people is kind of kind of in a small way a facade. Like it's easier to be really nice to my friends when, you know, they haven't seen all of those sides of me. They don't know how to push all of my buttons. <laughs> um, yeah, it's your family really reveals who you are, the good and the bad. Yeah, I mean, one of our students a, a few weeks ago gave a, a reflection. So shout out to Olivia on this one, where she was talking about like the hard thing that it is now is that um, we don't necessarily choose the people that we love. You know, when we're in um, when we're at college and all that fun stuff, we basically choose our friends, we choose who we interact with and hang out with, and we basically implicitly are choosing those that are easy to love you know but now everybody's on lockdown around their families and most of our families know exactly like you said know exactly how to get on our nerves under our skin and all that fun stuff and basically we're not choosing those that we interact with and they might be hard hard people to love but like we're still called to love in the midst of that well that's i mean that's the beauty of love is love is not the feeling that sweeps you away like yeah. Love is a choice. It's in the will. Love is an act of the will. And like we have mm. an ability to grow right now. I think more than we have in a long time. Yeah. Um, that like kind of getting back on topic of what we originally wanted to talk about with Holy Week and like the ways that this um is could be preparing us for a best holy week ever. Hashtag. Hashtag. <laughs> um I think this is preparing us to have, um, like, to grow in such beautiful ways in 
love, especially choosing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to will the good of our family members, choosing not to <laughs> scream at them because they disobeyed the rules of a board game that you were trying to play. Um, hypothetical for you, huh? This is so hypothetical. It's not even funny. Um, but <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I think we like the Lord is pouring out so much grace and all of these are opportunities to go deeper. And mm-hmm. I'd love to like talk about ways that we see this potentially being like why we can say, I think this could be the best Holy week we've ever had. I think, you know, in we talked a little bit before we started recording, but like we continually need to just throw this out there um, is because we can approach this Holy week with new eyes. Yes. Right. Like it, it, it's all new to us. Like nobody has done this before. I've been like joking when I talk to students and friends, like there is no precedent for how to live Holy Week or how to go through Lent or how to go through this, um, you know, live streaming masses. There's no precedent for that in the church. Right. There's no rule book. There's no like guide for doing this. There's no like, hey, how to live uh, your Catholic faith during a pandemic for dummies book out there. It's the wild west, you know, like it is, you're just trying to figure it out. Yeah. And for some people that's intimidating and terrifying, but I just also want to remind people like, yeah, this is uncharted territories, but this is, this is an exploration. This is a journey. This is, um, this is new. And um, this is really, really exciting opportunity um to to go for that and like this is the wilderness but we can also be excited to to find new lands to find um new new ground and all this stuff so like continually approaching this with not just saying oh what have i lost how is this not going to be normal but to approach it and say like hey, where's the newness? Like, let me approach this Holy Week with new eyes. What am I, you know, need to focus on? Where do I need to look that I have been blinded to by kind of slipping into routine in Holy Week's past? Well, I I think there are, you know, obviously there are two aspects to this week. There's entering into the Triduum, you know, the, Mm -hmm. well, Spy Wednesday, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, um that's four i thought i know i know but i decided to start with spy wednesday because i like saying that it just sounds so cool (laughs) um (laughs) and just like forget easter sunday yeah fine that's well no 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 but i i'm saying like that is a like you do a whole like 180 and you know yeah i got you so the first part of holy week um entering into the passion like i think that is going to be like stuff's going to get real in that. I mean, never before have have we been able to say so truthfully like, "Lord, I miss you." Like, I I ache for you. I like desiring. I think a lot of people, even those who um I mean, like I've I've talked to people who might not have like even gone to mass every every Sunday, but 
there's kind of like, well, because we can't do it now, now we miss it. Yeah. Like now no, we really so want true. that. We can't even like step foot comfortably into a church. Yeah. Um, for, I mean, for a lot of people, it's like, oh, I know it's always going to be there. And like, I can, you know, it's on my terms. I choose when to go to mass or, or things like that. They're the people that are, uh, I've from like you, you're saying, the ones that I've talked to, they're like, I've taken it for granted. And right. like, oh my gosh, I will never take that for granted anymore. Right. And, you know, I think like so much of the passion is, is entering into like humanity's separation from God. Like that's why. Oh, yes. That's why <sighs> Jesus came. Like that's the purpose of the incarnation, why God became man and why mm. he went through the greatest suffering like any person has ever endured, like both physical mental psychological spiritual like all of it he went through it and the reason he did is because man had separated himself from god and he wanted to write that so now like we are entering into so deeply a separation at least like a tangible such separation from god and the church um and i think like because of that like this this holy week entering into the passion I think is going to be so new and it's going to be like really powerful. And obviously this isn't the way that it should be. Right. Right. And that's, yeah, that's, that's a lesson I learned last year. Do you want to elaborate? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, uh, last year I had a very unique, holy week experience namely holy saturday into easter experience um which i'll 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 try and keep it short because there's it's it's one there's of our so many details there to this. are <laughs> and they're fun they're all fun details but they are super yeah. fun so um we had um a friend visiting for holy saturday and we decided not to go to the vigil mass um because my mom was going to make us go in the morning. Um, so we were all just hanging out, still entering into, you know, sundown. So, okay, Easter's technically, like, it's Easter. So we're going to celebrate like it is. So we're throwing one of our um, famous Riley bonfires in the backyard. Legendary bonfires. Yes. They're the best. They are. Um, so there's a lot of good snacks, a lot of good drink, and a lot of good music. Mm. And then the conversation. Good fire to boot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The fire was raging. The conversation was, um, was, yeah, getting more <laughs> and more animated as the night was going on. So it's probably around midnight at this point, And we are just having a great time just reliving old memories mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. stupid stuff that we had done as kids. And one of those things was what we called Operation Flamingo Flies at Night. So one of our neighbors has an absurd amount of lawn flamingos. Um, and we live out in the country, so they have a decent amount of acreage and they live on a corner lot. So like they decorated all around the road sign, all around their mailbox, all like their different points in their yard. There's just flamingos everywhere. Like there's probably a good like 50 plus flamingos, gotcha. all shapes and sizes. Um, so we're telling, we're telling a story of when my brother and sister had actually dressed up and in all black snuck out of the house super late at night and rearranged them. Oh, 
and bold uh, move. it was a bold move and I was so bummed I think this was when I was in college so I wasn't there so we're, we're talking about it and you know it's just hilarious to recount and it was a super bright night the, the night that they did it they decided to do it on a, a clear a full moon, full moon. yeah and so like all black it not when you want to do covert uh exercises <laughs> right like yeah i think they said at one point a car drove by and they like <laughs> dove into the grass which had been mowed and they're like they didn't stop but if they'd paid attention they would have very easily just seen like two people looking like, dead in the ditch <laughs> so they're like actually it was a night just like tonight and holy saturday last year was a full moon yeah um that tends to happen around easter it does it does yeah (laughs) crazy and uh we're laughing and i i start to get a little worried because i see the gears turning and everyone's like hey we should do that again tonight's the night tonight's the night operation flamingo flies at night again (laughs) again and everyone is so excited and i i can see like there's been a decent amount of alcohol consumed. Not everybody is in like a perfectly reasonable state. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are very excited about this. So I try. I'm like, God, I don't know about that. Maybe let's just go inside and watch a movie. They're like, oh, Corinne, like you're so lame. Don't be the oldest sibling. Because I'm the oldest sibling. It and shows. man, that, that line hit home. I am not going to be the stick in the mud. I'm not going to be the classic oldest sibling that's always ragging and like. Good to know, really. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I will never use that like. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. Um, so I'm like, okay, if we're going to do this, we need to have a plan. We need to be reasonable. We can't do anything that's going to be offensive because kind of what we had joked about like as siblings was, you know, like oh, what if we made it look like there's some like ritual going on? You know, like what if we put one in the middle and it looked like all of the little flamingos were following, you know, like. Just rearrange them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to divide into three teams. We're just going to line them up. We're going to make it look like the flamingos are parading in a line Mm -hmm. on the side of the road. Um, So we all change into black. We run down, like we're being so loud. And if anyone had been awake, at like one in the morning when this was happening, they would have known a hundred percent that it was the Riley family that did all of this. Um, so we rearranged them, um, went back to the house, went right to bed cause it, we were exhausted and the adrenaline had started to kind of, you know, yeah. fade. I wake up in the morning at like six and the sun was rising and I look out and my first thought was, Oh shit. <laughs> like, I can't believe we did that. Like, this was my first thought Easter morning. <laughs> Jesus has risen. Oh, man. What, if, what, did, what we did we do? do? <laughs> like, this is something that I would think I would do in, like, high school or college. Like, I'm I'm a grown adult. Like, I should have <laughs> stopped that mess. Why? And so I'm sitting, and, and I live, um, I was at my parents' house, and my we live on top of a hill, and so we can look out kind of over the rest of the neighborhood And my room was at the front of the house. So I'm sitting there. I sit up and then I see headlights coming from the driveway of the house we just pranked. And I'm thinking, I can't. Why can't I go back to sleep? I don't want to watch this. And I I watch the car come out of the driveway. 
and it turned and then it just stopped on mm-hmm. the road. Like they saw the flamingos. Nobody even got out of the car. They, it just sat there for like five minutes and the guilt on my soul was indescribable. And I texted my siblings and I was like, guys, I just watched them leave the neighborhood. They're probably going to church. And guess what? We ruined Easter. We just ruined Easter. And my Sorry, brother, guys. Easter is canceled. <laughs> Easter is canceled. My brother came upstairs um, with his wife and he was like, yeah, that was the stupidest thing. Like, I can't believe we did that. I was like well, what are we going to do about it? He's like, well, nothing. We didn't hurt anyone. Like we didn't destroy their property. They'll just move them back. So they go back downstairs. My sister comes upstairs and her and I are very much on the same page. And she is just like, she's in tears. She's like, I can't believe we did that. Both of us are sitting there. And she was like, Corinne, we like, I feel so guilty. I feel like I'm going to be able to like, like I know the full weight of my sins. Like we have to make amends for this. Mm -hmm. So we go, we like, it's like nine in the morning. The sun is out. It's super hot. We decide to still dress up in all black. Don't know why. Um, but we run down and while they're still gone, we put all the flamingos back and we actually taped a note to their mailbox apologizing, which my dad insisted that we take down so that he wasn't implicated in our crime. Um, makes sense. But, as we're running down, my sister turns to me and goes, Corinne, I think this could be the most fruitful Easter that we've ever had. And I'm thinking like, what in the world are you talking about? And she's like, well, we have truly felt the weight of our, like there was no reason at all that we should have done that. Like it, it brought no good for us. It just brought us a story. Like it wasn't like we had done it in retaliation against them. Like they didn't do anything bad. It wasn't like, you know, oh, well, they, they deserve this. They had this coming. So you're saying they're innocent. They're totally innocent. Mm-hmm. Um, and the o- literally the only good thing that it brought us was a story to tell. And we couldn't even like, we, we couldn't like tell our parents. It was just literally like for us, like yeah. some sense of like bonding camaraderie, um, which was so stupid. So we're like, we, we know what evil is. <laughs> we're very dramatic. Um, and <laughs> like, don't say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like we, this was just a truly like evil action. It Mm -hmm. brought us no greater good and it only brought these people harm, Mm -hmm. um, and agitation because they're very attached to their lawn flamingos, um, for for good or ill. Um, and I, I thought about that and I, we went to mass that morning and like after communion, her and I just sat there and just cried. Um, flamingos made you cry yeah yeah but there was something that was so true about what she said like no we should not have done that but it was like I was able to enter into like the joy of having a savior so much more and like yeah this was so stupid like it's not like we had you know done something like really terrible it wasn't you know like I felt the full weight of the entire world's you know, darkness on my soul. Yeah. But it was like, I'm capable of doing something of yeah. so stupid for no good other, like really not even that much of a good for myself. Mm-hmm. Like I'm willing to harm other people on Easter. <laughs> um, and like entering into the joy of Jesus coming down and saying like, you're, st- you're worth it. Like that was so stupid, but yet I'm here for you. And like, no, we shouldn't be left out of, like the church like this is not it's not like I entered into some you know that it was better that I had made that mistake 
Um, but I got to experience the mercy of Christ in a way that I hadn't before. And I think like translating that to this Holy Week, no, it's not like a greater good that we're left out of our parishes, that we're left out, um, that we can't participate like as fully in these liturgies, that we're not present mm-hmm. for them. But like, what is Jesus trying to communicate to us in, w- in a way that he couldn't before? It's the line from the exalted, is it not? Oh, happy fault that won for us such a beautiful savior. Right. Like, this is not the ideal. This is not what we were created for. This is not what it should be. Right. But can it not be a moment that wins for us a deeper self-knowledge, um, a deeper realization of the mercy of God, of God's um, transcendence, but also his uh, imminence on us, that like we can rely even more more upon him in this time you know it's 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 not how it should be but it doesn't mean it's a barrier from entering into this these mysteries right right um it's it's an exciting time in that sense that like we can so. we can approach this with those new eyes and saying like hey this is a once in a lifetime thing generations have never had this opportunity you know, but we do, and it's um, it's a unique thing that we have an opportunity to. But we can actually enter in and experience a, a a facet or an aspect of these sacred mysteries that we would have never experienced without this situation. Right. Well, I guess on that, do you have any suggestions or tips for how to enter into this in a new way? Ooh, I mean, like I was saying before, I mean, it's it kind of feels like the Wild West. So, like, I I can't, I don't have any experience to say I think this has worked in the past, you know. Mm. So I'm just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall here and seeing what sticks. But uh, <laughs> I think you just got to try anything. And what I mean by that is that. Yes, live stream masses, you know, every bishop in every diocese, every priest in every parish, you know, are trying to live stream these liturgies for you. But I would also uh, not, or I would encourage people to pick up one aspect of the liturgy that we are used to and bring that into your home. Like for Holy Thursday, why not have the family wash each other's feet? Like how beautiful would that be? That's a great idea. You know, you can watch a liturgy happen and that's a, that's a, for most people, that's a really important part of that liturgy. Um, but that's something that we can do at home. Last I checked, everybody still has water in their home and a bathtub or a little basin that they could use. But why not bring that aspect of the liturgy that we're not able to participate in, in a church? Why not bring that into our family, into our house? Right. Um, Good Friday, the veneration of the cross. I'm pretty sure everybody has a crucifix. Like, hold that, reverence that, kiss that cross, put some candles around it, turn the top of your dresser or your desk into this area where we can um, honor and reverence the wood of the cross, which for us held our Savior. You know, I don't see why we can't do that. You can do stations of the cross. You can do stations, yeah. But, like, have that key moment where we venerate the cross. We can still do that in our homes. Right? Right. 
there is actually a really, you know, how simple life has become mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in our homes. We actually have the ability to enter into Good Friday totally free, like yeah. not having a whole list of agenda items and meetings and places that we need to be like it's quiet and it's still now for the most part. Yeah. And, and being able to enter into, I don't know, that silence and that stillness in a way that we haven't before. Cause that's what life is now. Right. Right. So I think I don't, I can't give too much um, advice on like, Oh yeah, this is the way to enter into this when you are in this situation. Cause nobody's ever been in this. So it's like, I think you pick up on one thing and try it. And, and see, but like, why not look at these beautiful liturgies um, that are familiar to us and are very comfortable to us in a real sense, but pick out one aspect and then bring that into our homes. That would be right. my advice. I definitely recommend staying up all night watching Return of the King. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That That's not in the liturgy. Uh, like for the record, that's not a liturgical act, but that's I encourage it. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Grounded Catholic. We hope you enjoyed it. Please share this episode and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or you can find us on our website, catholicwhos.org slash podcast. That's catholicwhos, H-O-O-S dot org slash podcast. We hope that you have a wonderful Holy Week and a prayerful Holy Week, even in the midst of this pandemic. Jesus is Lord, and God bless you.